Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Our next guest was an incredibly successful head coach at Hargrave Military Academy. He later helped Rick Pitino build a national championship basketball team at Louisville. In our backyard, he was a sensationally successful head coach with the UNC Wilmington Seahawks, including trips to the NCAA tournament. He did the same in his first year at NC State. He's hoping to get the pack back there here in year three with the pack. Kevin Keats, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? DG, how you doing, buddy? Good seeing you yesterday, and thanks for having me on today. Well, thank you for your flexibility, Coach. You know how chaotic that trip to Charlotte was, probably for you and for us, so I appreciate you working us in by phone today. Before we get into the hoops, I have to know, do you prefer the term drip or swag because you got a lot of love yesterday for your shoes for your attire not just in charlotte but you know more generally on game day and otherwise you know i i, I like swag but if i'm gonna stay relevant and current <laughs> i gotta turn the drip man everything's drip now <laughs> if like swag is good but that's old school we used to say swag now i gotta start saying drip a little bit I saw you getting votes for having the greatest swag or drip, whatever anybody prefers, among the 15 ACC head coaches. If there were a final four, Coach, of ACC head coaches with swag, who would join you in that final four? Who would your competition be? Man, that's a that's a you know what I I, I thought I was prepared for. Everybody. <laughs> I have actual hoops oh. questions. I promise. <laughs> Um, you know, boy, I like his jacket. Um, you can tell that he's got really nice jackets. Um, spends a lot of time and he's got enough money to buy nice jackets. Yeah. So I would say Roy would be one. Uh, he would be one of the other um, guys. Um, now I need two more. Yes. How about Coach yeah. Ham? Coach Ham, I think, dresses to the nines sometimes, no? Yeah, you know, Coach Ham, will, he'll trip you up a little bit, man. He never wears a tie. He'll kinda, That's true. He'll, he'll let it hang down a little bit. Um, you know, I will, I'm going to have to think on that one. All right. You, you, you stopped me on this. All one. right. You we'll we'll just – for all of your questions. Hey, we'll just put you and Roy straight through the final four to the championship <laughs> showdown itself. Of course, the pack and the heels will get together on the actual hard court. Kevin Keats, the third-year Wolfpack coach, is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Everybody seemed to be contractually obligated yesterday in Charlotte to chime in on name, image, likeness. It feels like we all agree – Nobody has the perfect solution, but what do you think of, say, the California law that would not require universities to pay these guys, but would open the door for third parties to, you know, use them as spokesmen or otherwise pay for their name, likeness, image? So I, I've been telling everybody that I, I've been very intrigued with the Olympic model. Uh, once you reach some certain level of celebrity, you're able to be sponsored. Um, I think we're making a little bit too much about it. Um, I, I do think that we have to change with the times. Um, you know, we're talking about a small sample size of kids. Yeah. Uh, when you think about this, uh, I don't know that I had anybody on my team this year that could have really capitalized off of that part of it. Uh, that being said, that uh, I'm in favor of it, um, but I would like to see a plan. I know we talked about everybody saying this. But I would love for someone to lay out a plan on how it's going to work. Uh, if you ask me what position or where I'm at with it, um, I think it's something that we need to do. I think it's something that we need to move forward. Um, you know, we're different. We're, basketball is different than it was five years ago. It's different than it was two years ago. Yeah. 
and it's going to continue to change, and I think we have to change with the times. Kevin Keats is joining us. There is an NCAA committee that will give, at the end of this month, I believe, all of their findings, maybe even more specific proposals to tweak the amateurism model or change it even more dramatically. We will see. All right, how do you describe the difference? You have shared with us in the past a lot of really cool stories about how your time as the head coach at Hargrave you know, basically made you an expert on changing your roster dramatically every year. So I think it was last year you had three guys returning who really knew your way. And this year it's seven or more guys. How do you put into words through the eyes of a head coach uh, how much that helps or how did, you know, it makes practices easier or, or, you know, governing your roster easier, maybe in a way that results in more wins for you? Well, I'd start to say uh, amazing um, because I haven't had that in a long time. Yeah. You know, you, you're right. You know, I've always had three guys or even less back in the past. And, you know, it, it's made practice a little bit more easier. Uh, I've challenged um, some of those seven guys to be better leaders and to help me teach the younger guys the program. Uh, that's the biggest thing that's helped me is that, you know, I've got guys now pulling young guys aside before and after practice explaining where they made a mistake or where they can get better in certain areas. And that's a new thing for me because especially here at NC State and back in my Harvard days, I never had that. So it was always myself or our coaching staff that would have to do those things. And, you know, for example, Markel Johnson, um, after a workout a few days ago, he was taking um, our freshman, Darion Sebron and, you know, they, they had a manager out there and they were going over and coming off ball screens and he was showing them different moves. And I thought that was great because I, I haven't had that. Kevin Keats is joining us. Quick reminder for those who follow this stuff more casually or maybe you're not into college basketball mode yet. Coach has Markel Johnson, he just mentioned, back for his senior year at guard. C.J. Bryce, his longtime player from UNC Wilmington, is back for his senior year at guard. Braxton Beverly is back for his junior year at guard. So those those are three guys who have started a lot of games. You know the old cliche, Coach, especially come March, we end up talking about this being a guard-oriented game. Um, what's your comfort level knowing that you not only have three guards back? I mean, those guys played 25 or even 30-plus minutes per game in your system for you last year, and then you have some newcomers coming in even beyond those three starters. Well, I think it's, I think it's a great thing. Um, we all know this. Um, you, you win this game of basketball when you got extremely well guard play. Um, you know, obviously posts are very important, but guards have to set the table and get everybody involved and be able to score for themselves. So, uh, we will be as good as our guards take us. Um, I'm excited about the way these guys are playing, uh, especially Braxton Beverly and Markel Johnson. They both have been playing really elite basketball the last couple of weeks. Uh, but, you know, that being said, if we're going to be a good team, then they have to be leaders in the locker room. they got to be leaders on the floor. Um, they've got to help lead these guys. And, and that's a little different role than a lot of the kids today are used to. And yep. I'm asking them to get outside of their comfort zone. When you miss the NCAA tournament, feels like this sport, Coach, nobody feels like they had a great season in any conference. You may accomplish other good things, but nobody feels like they had a great year unless they're part of March Madness. You guys made it your first season, of course. You missed it last year. 
I imagine you have to motivate different players in different ways, right? Somebody's got to work on his shot. Somebody's got to lose weight. Somebody's got to get stronger, whatever. Is there an every man motivation throughout the offseason when you, you're, you, know, you have limited hours you can be with them? Is it true that missing the NCAA tournament ended up being for your guys a motivation over these last many months? Well, it, it, it was a disappointment um, because obviously everybody in this entire program, the city, the fans, uh, we all thought that we deserved to be in the tournament. That being said, I thought one of the best things that ever happened to us is uh, playing in the NIT because we had a chance to play three great games in um, historical Reynolds Coliseum. Um, if you make the tournament, which uh, obviously that's our goal, not just to make it, but have a chance to win that tournament. Uh, but there's a possibility that you lose in the first round or, or you lose in the second round. Uh, we got more experience playing against three really good teams that all could have been in the NCAA tournament because we played three games opposed to playing one or two games. Uh, and, and I think that helped us out. Um, our guys are a little motivated, but they're different than you and I, DG. They're, they're young kids. Uh, you and I, we hold a grudge, and we want, we're mad for months and we're trying to figure out how to get something better you know kids move on after a week and a half and so we don't really talk about it but we know each year our goal is to make that tournament and have a chance to cut the nets down when i think of your best players i think of not only two of the guards we mentioned maybe all three of them but also dj funderburk i know you made public an indefinite suspension I don't know if you've seen this yet, but there's a report out just this hour from Joe Giglio in the News and Observer uh, that talks about him being charged with larceny property damage back in late September by university police. They got a hold of uh, a redacted copy of an incident report. Um, can you speak either about his situation and what you expect moving forward, or if not that, you know, more generally, about what you expect from your guys and how he ended up as a key player for you, at least temporarily suspended? Well, we have a, we have a high expectations of what we want our guys to do. And uh, one of them is, you know, obviously taking care of the academics. Um, other one is playing high-level basketball. But you also have to do and be a great person in the community on campus and Anytime any of our guys are not holding up to what we think they should be doing, then obviously there's going to be a separation for us for a amount of time until that player decides to get on board and do all the right things. But, you know, DJ's a, he's a good player. And, you know, anytime somebody's part of your family, uh, when they do something wrong, you still love them. But there's also a lesson to be learned or a teaching moment in some of these things. And um, hopefully he'll get, uh, things on track and be a part of the program. If not, then somebody also have the take advantage of his opportunity that he didn't. Kevin Keats on Twitter at Coach Keats NCSU, his third year with the Wolfpack. It fe I know you addressed this in Charlotte yesterday. There's been a lot of positivity around you uh, at UNC Wilmington, your arrival at NC State, that first season being such a great success. And last year, as you mentioned, you did some other good things. It, it has to be tricky to be the guy who's dealing with an NCAA investigation when you, of course, weren't even here in Raleigh when the bad stuff happened. I saw you mentioned yesterday that it, it can trick up recruiting, right? I mean, how, how does that work? You have a lot to sell. NC State's a strong program historically. You personally have a lot of cool things on your resume. 
And yet I imagine you're getting these questions. Hey, coach, what are we supposed to expect about NCAA penalties? We know it's not your fault, but if you don't know what's coming down the pike, how do you describe how that's complicating, you know, just a big part of your job, and that's recruiting the next generation? Well, it's, it's, it's difficult at times because uh, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, let's say you've got, you go to a restaurant and you had a bad experience at the restaurant, so you're going to tell everybody that you know, ah, man, I don't go there because I didn't think it was good. The food was yeah. bad. It maybe gave me food poisoning. Well, for our situation, uh, that's very similar. Um, even though it's a small sample size, nobody in our program was here. Um, we feel good about where we're at as a program. We don't focus on it. But there's always people or always competitors that will try to put doubt in guys' minds. And, and we've, we've dealt with this for, you know, three years that I've been here going into my third season. And that doesn't change who we are. Uh, we know uh, what we believe in and what we're about. Uh, so we just focus on us. Uh, it hasn't been a distraction to my team. Uh, but you said it, you know, anytime that somebody can use something against you in recruiting, they do. But um, I think people are understanding what type of program we're looking to run, uh, what type of program we want to be, and, and know that we don't have any involvement in that type of stuff. Last thing for you, it felt like last spring, I mean, I know you had to say goodbye to a guy like Torin Dorn, who was a senior, uh, but also a Wyatt Walker who played quite a bit. It felt like nine out of ten guys who contemplated jumping to professional basketball did actually leave, right? I mean, Trey Jones stayed at Duke. Jordan Wara stayed at Louisville. John Mooney stayed at Notre Dame. I'm not sure how many other uh, guys even had the option. But Markel Johnson did stay. When you look at your neighborhood, the other 14 schools, you know, everybody's predicting Duke and Louisville and UVA and UNC. But it feels a little bit more open for teams that at least could climb the ladder, if not make a run at the top of the ladder. Does it feel that way for you when so many ACC guys did leave early to become lottery picks and other pros? You know, DG, I think the, I think preseason predictions are what the media has to have. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they determine uh, what anybody's outcome. Uh, our, our guys are excited. You could have, uh, I'll say this, you could have your best team ever in the ACC and somewhere, somehow figure out a finish. And, um, look at us. I want to give you an example. In year one, uh, we would pick 12. Yeah. And we finish, you know, tied for fourth. Um, so things can happen um, in a short amount of time. And I, I do like the fact that, you know, we've had to play against um, not just pros. Uh, we've had to play against lottery picks in the last few years. And, um, you know, it's some good players in our league, but I don't know that they're as good as the guys that left. But our league is still great, so the other guys will get an opportunity to rise up and you'll hear about new players. And uh, hopefully you'll have a chance to talk about our guys a little bit more, like a guy like Markel Johnson. Hope he moves into the higher echelon of some of those elite players that has been in the league and put himself in a situation where he can have a chance to play professional. Cool thing about the story you told, if I remember correctly, you guys even finished tied for third in the ACC. 
So yeah, make, I cheated myself. That, you did. You, How about that? Man, I, I picked you guys to be in the tournament, so when I brag about being right two years ago in, in my uh, support and belief in Kevin Keats, I always tell the third-place story, man. So you got to keep sure, make sure you keep working that in there. Hey, thanks for yeah. the extra effort. I appreciate you joining us by phone, and I appreciate you goofing around with us in Charlotte. It was great to see you in person. Oh, man, you're, you're, you're the best. Uh, you, you do a great job, and, man, thanks for having me. And, um you know, um, I'll be following you, and I know you'll be following us. So I appreciate you, DG. Right back at you, Coach. He's Kevin Keats, third-year Wolfpack coach on Twitter, at Coach Keats NCSU. Understandably, coaches don't like to get into these details all that often, but for those wondering, uh, hat tip to Joe Giglio of the News and Observer. He got into the details. It just popped up, like while I'm talking to Coach Keats. Unless I missed it earlier, I think it just came out. Uh, the details of what went wrong with a really good player. I mean, the Wolfpack with DJ Funderburk inside and those three veteran guards, among others, on the outside, to me, that is a no-doubt-about-it NCAA tournament team. And that's where, of course, the Wolfpack wants to be. Without DJ and an indefinite suspension, of course, leaves us all guessing what's indefinite turn out to be. We don't know. But he was charged with larceny property damage by university police and again, all this is Joe Giglio in the News and Observer posted recently here. He had multiple outstanding parking tickets. That's Funderburk, not Joe Giglio. And he had four car boots placed on the tires of his vehicle when it was parked at Reynolds Coliseum parking deck. And he tried to drive away with the boots on his wheels. I mean, I had some parking ticket problems as a young guy. I mean, I, I hope that was most of the extent of my bad decisions in my late teenage years or college years. I never tried to drive away with the boots on the car. Total damage of $330 uh, to either the concrete or the boots themselves. God knows what happened to DJ's car. But those are the details. You got to represent, represent yourself well on and off the playing field. And obviously, this was at least part of the equation that got DJ Funderburk suspended from the Wolfpack basketball team.